Yes, good evening all, and welcome to week 17 of C Special 1, Sunbury Men's Business. Yes, that's right, everyone's favourite Sunbury Tennis Results podcast. In fact, the only one at all. Anyway, I'm your host and captain, Mark Foster. And just like that, we're into the last week of the 14-week regular season. Not sure about you boys, but it has absolutely flown, unlike this podcast series that just lurches from very, very bad to oh-my-god status. Yes, going into the last week of competition, five teams can still make the last three final spots up for grabs. And as always, we'll go through the permutations later. And what an absolute demolition it was by the boys on Thursday night, defeating a very, very disappointing and lacklustre Merlinston by 18 games, 32-14. to 14. But before we get to that, let's get some feedback from episode 16, which was all about the win over Greenvale, plus, plus that controversial interview with the standing captain for this week, Matthew Clark. And let's just say there was one or two. Okay, actually only one nose put out a joint as a result. And it's fair to say that as with every interview, the feedback increased. So let's kick it off. First of all, Casually Racist Kiwi said, After listening to that podcast, I now have a gambling and heroin addiction. Thank you very much. Not a problem, Casually Racist Kiwi. You are not the only one. We've all got those addictions now. And the old pinnacle of cynical himself, the Swedish chef, as always, isn't too far away with his feedback. And once again, he delivered. Well, glad to see you boys back on the winner's list. Might be stating the obvious, but Clark's interview was clearly the highlight of the podcast. The big man had plenty to say and was great hearing some of his stories, in particular the outing at the footy. However, not sure Harding will be thrilled to hear Matt thinks he is a gay heroin addict. Now, what I also found funny was that, Mark, during the podcast, you stated you disliked blowing your own trumpet, but then proceeded to do so minutes later when talking about your grand final triumph, whilst interviewing Mr Clark by interrupting him, adding you a BOG. Comical stuff. Now, Swedish Chef, considering the standards of this podcast over the last 17 weeks, any interview I have with any other human being is always going to be a highlight. It was fair to say the big man's interview was controversial. Mind you, it's not the questions that are controversial, as we all know. It's the answers. And Matthew certainly delivered those answers in spades. And I'm sure the gay old heroin addict wasn't too offended. Hang on, read that wrong. I'm sure the hitman, <laughs> he's really put the hit into hitman these days, wasn't too offended. Now, as much as I enjoyed Matt's interview... I felt the need to pull him up about his poor memory in relation to that premiership victory we had. Let me give you one word of advice, Swedish chef. Never bullshit a bullshitter. And I think it's well documented that I have a BS in BS. Believe me, I'll blow it when I need to. <laughs> the trumpet, that is. Especially in relation to falsehoods. Now, the key man also got into this interview. And also the feedback. He said, can't believe I'm going to read this. Swedish chef for PM. I look forward to the interview from him. He also went on to say that he wasn't sure if Clark's nickname was ever Wingspan, except in his dreams. He also said on Matt and Katie, they are a power couple though. They should be on the sign into Sunbury advertising new development. <laughs> that is one of the funniest things I've ever read, Keyman. The Clark clan on advertising, good lord. I thought we were supposed to be encouraging new people to Sunbury. 
I'm tipping one look at that billboard and it will be all over for the population growth. Now, as for Swedish Chef for PM, well, I actually I fully endorse that. Perhaps one of his first duties could be a nice relaxing dip. Oh, I don't know. Maybe down at Chevy at Beach near Portsy. Maybe he can find Harold Holt while he's having a nice leisurely swim. Now, last but not least, we have Hitman from the... We've, we've got the feedback from the Hitman. Didn't he have some perlers? He said, amongst the many texts that were sent, he said the following. He said, I can't believe he said I'm a heroin addict. In relation to Matthew, he also said, I think I need to hit him in the head again. Then he accused yours truly of being to blame, claiming I started it. He then said, E.T. confuses him, and that he thinks Matthew's confused, full stop. Finally, he said to me he just had a go at Clark, and that he's got a lot of material for the Swedish chef to use against me. Was that all you've got, mate? Was the heat in the kitchen too much for you, buddy? Where do we start with that atrocious feedback? Well... To be honest, I'm not going to give it too much, actually. After all the grief you've given Matthew, either on court or by text, you should have known you were going to be targeted, my friend. The boot was firmly on the other foot, and I saw on Thursday you were still getting pieces of Matthew's boot out of your ass. As for me starting it, like I said, it's not the questions that are controversial, it's the answers that the boy gave that were. As for giving the Swedish chef a lot of material, well, oh... Bring it on. Now, whilst I'm on the subject, the final podcast, whenever that's going to be for this series, will be a nice little sit-down with all of us. Think of it, boys, as a Festivus special, where we can all sit down and have a little vent at each other. Let's throw some mayhem into it, shake the tree, see which nuts fall out. There's some nuts that are here already. So, with last week's feedback out of the way, let's turn our attention to what's coming up in this episode. As always, we'll start by breaking down the win over Merlinston, check out the Audi Australia Player of the Year award, see which pair turned up the heat in the kitchen with the best bromance, check out the pair who decided they didn't want to have a night in together in front of the telly in the It's Not Me, It's You segment, we'll go around the grounds thanks to Pop Mummy Australia, and we'll preview this week's massive clash against Tullamarine and look at the possibilities that could happen in terms of results for the final round of the home and away season. We'll be back for part two very, very shortly. And welcome back to part two. So, last week the boys headed over to the ghetto-like atmosphere of Coburg to face Merlinston in yet another mini-final in the round 13 clash. Second versus sixth, with two wins separating the teams. Matthew Clark was given the captain's armband for the week, so he had the lineups as follows. Harding 1, Taylor 2, Smith 3, Clark 4. Two courts for the night with no other team scheduled to play. So Harding and Taylor and Smith and Clark were the first two combinations. Taylor and Harding got off to the best start imaginable with dominating net play, most of all being smart in the rallies and won six games to two. Probably helped the fact that E.T.'s direct opponent basically lost his shit from the first game onwards and totally looked disinterested. Clark and Smith struggled early at one stage being four games to one down, but then proceeded to steamroll their way past their opponents. Sunbury up six games with two sets gone. Harding and Smith were up next and couldn't really get into their game, losing two games to six. 
Taylor and Clark were hardly ever challenged and defeated their opponents six games to one. Now, I believe at this stage, Clark might have said to ET that he was wanting the bromance of the week. So it was fair to say the confidence was up with the boy. As was Sunbury's, up by seven with two to go. And last to finish off were Harding and Clark on the one court with Taylor and Smith on the other. Both sets were an absolute smashing against a team that looked absolutely listless and devoid of any idea at all. I would have used the word rabble actually. Probably not, probably not respectful, but uh, that's what they closely resembled. Harding and Clark winning six games to love, whilst Taylor and Smith didn't put much of a foot wrong, winning six games to one. Sunbury doing it on the bit, winning 32 games to 14. Play finishing at 8.50pm. The crowd? Oh, just me. One. So the positives. Oh, this week, boys, where to start? Apart from the third set, there was was absolutely flawless tennis that I'd seen. Very, very disciplined, and it looks like we've gone back to the simple stuff that had been coached to us by David Thuma in the preseason. I like the fact that the boys controlled the net, not many mistakes made, and I absolutely love the fact the last two sets were an absolute demolition. Only two games conceded in the last three sets, which I have not seen for a long time. That was the most enjoyable tennis I've ever watched from a spectator's point of view, having to watch these idiots run around. I do also have to say that the type of Merlinston tennis that they served up, and no disrespect, but that was something they'd want to put behind them very, very quickly. The negatives? As I just said, that was almost as faultless a performance that I've seen all season from the boys. The only thing I can say is that Harding and Smith at times got a little bit lost chasing the same ball in their loss. Only a small thing, nothing to worry about. Maybe just came down to a little bit of a lack of communication. Now, thanks to everyone's favourite, of course, Audi Australia, let's go to this week's Audi Australia Player of the Year Award. And this week's votes were as follows. One vote, Lachlan Smith. Now, two weeks ago, when I said that Lachlan returned, he had a debt to pay to the team after the double L gate controversy. And repay it he did. Very, very impressive. Very, very composed night for Lockie. Played very, very nicely against his opponent. A slight blip with Harding in their set together. Finished three up for the night. Had two votes to Ashley Harding. Probably had the toughest opponent for the night and acquitted himself magnificently well. Now, I know the boy doesn't like any credit whatsoever and would rather cop abuse. So having said that, Ashley, you were very, very ordinary in that second set. No, in all seriousness, played very well, and more importantly for him, at least in his eyes, he had fun. Six up for the night. Three votes. Matthew Clark, the standing captain, the man who loves to eat pressure, Dominated his opponent and hardly put a foot wrong at all. Nothing rash, just kept the ball in play, and his serving was very, very good. His last set with the hitman is arguably the best set I've ever seen him play. 13 up for the night. And four votes, Eric Taylor. What a top effort from the mythical old war horse himself. Excellent temperament and demolished his opponent, who quite frankly played like someone who didn't want to be out there. Nor should he have been, frankly, because his attitude was ordinary. I'll tell you what, it was that ordinary. I counted 11 racket drops and a few good throws of it too. Top effort, ET. 14 up for the night. 
So let's go to the Audi Australia leaderboard. In sixth place and raring to go for next week is Reynolds on eight and a half. Clark, the standing captain, moves to 17. Foster, who's also back next week, is on 19 and a half. Smith and Harding are locked on 22, with ET cruising at 28 and a half. Audi Australia, my word, what a fine piece of German automobile excellence it is, boys. Arriving in early 2019, the all-new Audi Q8. Expressive design, pioneering technology and luxuriously appointed, the all-new Audi Q8 combines everything the brand stands for. Yes, boys, I'll say it again because I can. If you've never driven an Audi, then chances are you don't own one or know anyone who does or ever will. Audi. Sprung Dutch Technique. Audi. Get one now. Now, thanks to Arrowland Park Cottages in Lakes Entrance, it's time for the Mmm, Get a Room segment. This week, there was one combination that gave their opponents a six-pack of donuts to munch on. Christ's sake, Harding and Clark take a bow. Funnily enough, Clark had mentioned to E.T. that he wanted the bromance with Eric in the previous set. E.T., I guess he wasn't going to settle for second best. Outstanding tennis boys, considering last week Clark had called the hitman a heroin user in his interview, not to mention the implication that he thought he might be gay. Arrowland Park Cottages in Lakes Entrance, I tell you what, boys, it's a wonderful place to stay. Situated on 40 acres of East Gippsland's lowland forests, it's perfect for a nice secluded weekend for your significant other and yourself. Yes, Lakes Entrance, what a wonderful place it is. And what is more symbolic of the waters located in Lakes Entrance than the rare Burinan dolphin? You can find up to 50 of these residing permanently in the lakes. These dolphin calves are born in the lakes and can sometimes be seen swimming close to their mothers. The Burin and Dolphin uses most of the lake system and can be seen around the entrance and in Reeves Channel near Bullock Island. It is well worth a stay around Lakes Entrance, boys, especially at Arrowland Park Cottages. Arrowland Park Cottages in Lakes Entrance. Book it now. Now, courtesy of Kmart in Melton, it's time once again for the It's Not Me, It's You segment. And this week, there's just the one combination who couldn't get the job done. Harding and Smith going down six games to two. I reckon they would have walked off court and wondered how in the hell that happened. No idea myself, and I'm tipping they still wouldn't have a clue either how it happened. Kmart Melton. Let me tell you a story, boys. As you know, the good lady's wife's, the good lady wife's relations have jetted in from Singapore for a couple of weeks, which is just lovely, and we're all enjoying the time spent together. Now, they do have a keenness to shop, so last Sunday we ventured across to Melton for them to have a look at and to do some shopping. Don't ask me why, but they did choose Melton. They've been in there a while, so the good lady wife and I thought we'd have a bit of a look in the old men's wear area. Anyway, found where the t-shirts were, especially the pop culture t-shirts, and there they were. Some good bands in there, boys. Led Zeppelin, ACDC, Metallica, and a Star Wars t-shirt there too. $10 each. Wacko, I thought. Even though I wasn't going to buy any, I thought that's a good price. Then, <laughs> I'll tell you what, my heart skipped a beat. There was the great man himself, 
and you all know who I'm talking about, the boss, Bruce Springsteen's Darkness on the Edge of Town t-shirt. Incidentally, his fourth album released. I thought, I've got a $10 note, this bad boy is mine. Then I picked it up, and oh boy, oh boy, wowee, did the anger monkeys miss out on their banana that morning. $2. Yes, $2 for a t-shirt for the greatest ever god of rock. $2 is an absolute fucking disgrace. Who the hell do you think you are, Kmart Melton? You know what? I don't want to pay $2 for a t-shirt from the man who made $405 million on his Wrecking Ball World Tour back in 2012, 2013. I want to pay more. I demand to pay more. He needs the money. Does Kmart Melton have any idea that pricing a Bruce Springsteen t-shirt for $2 is possibly the biggest and greatest insult I've ever seen. I would have paid $52 for that t-shirt. Or was the person who set the price some young punk who hadn't heard of the man? Maybe he's a good Charlotte bloke. Something like that. Listen to his rubbish. And then I see bags of lollies on display literally a few aisles away for $3. Three goddamn dollars. Is a 250 gram bag of Pascal tubes more important than a t-shirt from the living legend of all things rock and roll? Oh, man, oh man, I was so steamed up. But I bought one anyway. The t-shirt that is, I didn't buy the tubes. Now, thanks to Pop Mummy Australia, it's time to go around the grounds for all the action from the penultimate round of competition, Round 13. And this week, all games had large winning margins. Tullamarine thumped Greenvale 35 games to 21, putting them out of finals calculation. Duda Geller had a similar triumph over Royal Park, winning 32 games to 19. And in the game of the round, Keeler East defeated St John Bosco, winning 33 games to 23. Three winners this week, as per last week's tips, with Keeler East beating St John Bosco, the only one I missed. And that roundup once again, was proudly sponsored by Pop Mummy Australia. Ladies, Pop Mummy Australia welcomes new orders for bridal dresses with no deposit required. Yes, no deposit. No obligation to buy. Come try on the dress when it arrives. Only purchase when you're happy with the dress. Pop Mummy Australia takes the risk out of online ordering. No more worrying about, what if the dress doesn't fit me? What if the dress only looks good in the pictures? Ladies, you know what I'm talking about. We have all been there. Well, now you can try it on before paying a single cent. If you can't come to Sunbury, then we can post and we arrange returns or refunds minus shipping for any reason within 14 days. Satisfaction guaranteed. Pop Mummy Australia is conveniently located in Sunbury. Pop Mummy Australia... For the love of God, boys, get onto this thriving local business on its Facebook page. Pop Mummy Australia, go there now. We'll be back shortly for part three. And welcome back to part three. So this week, Tullamarine at home, first versus sixth. How do I describe this game? Huge, monumental, ginormous, it's everything this one. Tullamarine have had the same four players all season and have used two emergencies. Last time we knocked them off at their courts, so confidence that we can do this again should abound. They've won their last five in a row and are in absolute red-hot form. Their best player is Daniel Holland with a positive of 60 games. Ominously, their worst-performed player is Siva Gunnison with a positive of plus 43. 
They are strongest in their fifth and sixth sets when they win and have only dropped three, season, three sets all season, whereas they are poorest in their first and second sets when they lose and sit at one and five. They've got an average winning margin of 10.67 games and have only lost three games by margins of three, one and one. Now, two of those games have involved them fielding an emergency, so if they field an emergency this week, it's going to be a very, very good omen. Now, the three teams that they've lost to, Royal Park, Milnston and Sunbury, I don't think you would consider as top four during the course of the season, so maybe they drop their guard a bit. Well, boys, what to make of this week? I have to be honest, Tullamarine are an awesome, awesome unit, but we can get them. First two sets are the key. We must, must get control of that net, force them to make that mistake. Every serve has got to count. They've got to play the ball. It's going to be high-octane stuff. They've been up for a while, so they might be ready to release a bit of the pressure valve before finals. Boys, this is it. This is what we play for. Hard-earned victories which can set us up for something special in the coming weeks. There is only one word that will sum up this week. Belief. I firmly believe, boys, if we get over Tullamarine, we can go on and do anything in the next two weeks. But I need you all to believe that this victory is within our grasp. Belief in each other, trust in each other, and loyalty towards each other. Belief in the knowledge of what has worked for us this season will work again. Harding, believe to achieve, because if you believe to achieve, you will also receive. Let's do this and let's knock them off. I am beyond pumped for this game, boys. Now, hopefully we can get a good crowd down there of at least more than three watching. I'll tell you what, listeners, if you're a keen listener of this podcast, God knows why, and you're in summary on Thursday, we'll get down there, support the boys. I guarantee after watching us, win or lose, You'll never want to venture down there again. Now for this week is Taylor and Smith with Reynolds and Foster coming back in. So let's go to this week's matches and I don't think they could have been set up any better. The two teams out of the running Greenvale and Royal Park play each other. Then it gets very, very interesting. Fifth place St John Bosco played third place Millenston whereas fourth place Duda Gallup played second place Keeler East. So gentlemen... Here is the state of play. I will start with the easiest equation. If we lose to Tullamarine, season over. A draw by any other team will see us knocked out. Draw against Tullamarine will not see us through, neither will a washout. But the following wins will see us through. And I know, boys, this might get a bit complicated for some of you, but I'll try and keep it simple. So, we will play finals if the following happens. If St John Bosco beat Millenston and Duty Gallup beat Keeler East, Keeler East and Millenston drop into 5th and 6th, and that's based on percentage. We will play finals if St John Bosco beat Millenston and Keeler East beat Duty Geller. Millenston and Duty Geller will finish 5th and 6th. We will play finals if Millenston beat St John Bosco and Duty Geller beat Keeler East. Keeler East will then drop to 5th based on percentage. And finally, we will play finals if Millenston beat St John Bosco and Keeler East beat Duda Geller. Duda Geller and St John Bosco are then out. Not too difficult, is it at all, boys? All I can say is that last week's huge win over Millenston has lifted our percentage to challenge, so the fate is in our hands. 
Now, on that note, before I wrap up, boys, Monday, November the 12th is the 73rd birthday of Canadian singer-songwriter and previous all-round advocate for all things wacky tobacky, Neil Young, until he stopped doing it in 2012. Just recently, he got married to actress Daryl Hannah. Obviously, one of them's been smoking it for, the, for that to happen in my book. Anyway, here's the song that Donald Trump was using in the US midterm elections, which is no doubt, of course, pissed Neil, Neil Young off no end. Here it is, boys, rocking in the free world from his 1990 album, Freedom. Till next week, it's good night. Good luck. <laughs>